Hey, welcome to the podcast of The Kelly Cutrera Show for Thursday, December the 17th. I don't know if you heard about this, but 3 million users installed 28 malicious Chrome or Edge extensions to their computers. We're going to speak with David Shipley, who's our 640 Toronto cybersecurity expert on the topic and see if you have to be concerned about what you may have downloaded. And we're also going to talk about another story that's kind of concerning. Officials say most Ontarians don't plan to abide by guidelines during the holidays. People are going to throw parties. So with that in mind, if you throw a party, could you be sued if someone contracts COVID-19? Here to talk about it is Rajiv Hate, who is with Kotak Law. And I think what you have to say might give people a pause when it comes to maybe having a, a house party, even a small one with people that don't live under your own roof over the holiday season. Is it possible that we could be looking at liability? Uh, yes, exactly. And first of all, good morning and thank you for having me uh, again. It's always a pleasure to be here. And yes, uh, exactly. You you could be facing liability. You know, there is definitely a risk that if someone contracts COVID-19 at a party that you're hosting, uh, you could be sued. Now, you know, practically speaking, are family members going to sue other family members? Uh, we don't know, but uh, it's happened before. And, and uh, the risk is if you are sued, uh, the, the risk is your home insurance policy may not cover you for that lawsuit. And, and I say that because there are some uh, policies or most policies do have various exclusions to the policies and, and what exclusions your specific policy has you would have to check your, your own policy there but there are exclusions under policies that I've seen for something such as communicable diseases which COVID-19 would definitely fall within. Uh, there's also exclusions for unlawful acts or criminal acts or intentional acts and so again you need to look at your, your policy to see what it says but if you're hosting a party that falls within one of these exclusions because you're not following the the public health guidelines in your region, there's a risk that your your home insurance policy will not cover you in the event that you are sued. And what that means, it's not just that they won't pay for the damages, uh, you know, if there are any of the potential plaintiffs, uh, but also that they won't pay for your legal representation. And so now uh, you would have to likely hire your own lawyer, uh, pay for them out of pocket, uh, not just to defend a lawsuit, but also possibly to get into battles with your own insurance company about whether or not they should be covered. Yeah, uh, the Insurance Bureau of Canada apparently said that they cannot comment on hypothetical situations, but most homeowners' policies don't cover liability for the transmission of a communicable disease by an insured person. And look, we can't claim ignorance anymore. We can't, we just can't. There's just too much information out there about how people are, some people are at risk of dying. Uh, because of COVID-19. So if this lawsuit, if someone comes to your party and um, contracts COVID-19 and then brings it home to one of their family members who passes on, you could be in for a whole world of hurt, legally speaking, couldn't you? You could, yes. Now, you know, what, as you uh, go, go along the, the chain uh, and, and it's, you know, not the person that was at the party, but rather a family member in contact with them, that's going to be a little bit harder to, to sort of prove that or, or, or at least to, to raise the argument that, uh, you know, it was due to your hosting the party that this person contracted COVID. Uh, but for the people that attend the party, I think there is more of a, a, a case to make. Uh, and again, you know, the, the risk being that the home insurance just may not cover you and and you know that's where you've really got to consider what is 
safe for you and your family and your loved ones because realistically that's who you're inviting to your uh, party right it's your, the people that are closest to you so you know i think people have to consider the emotional consequences in addition to the economic consequences i like to look at the other side of the coin as well i think it's important to do that is there any way that someone could argue you know they're the people that came to their house their visitors were willing to assume the risk they knew full well that covid was out there and they were in the middle of a pandemic and decided to come anyways. So they're responsible for their own well-being. Yes, absolutely. That's an excellent point that, you know, that that is definitely a defense that would be raised to any potential lawsuit like this, that, you know, that you, you voluntarily assume the risk. You're aware that we're in the middle of a global global pandemic and you voluntarily attended a, a, a public gathering or a large gathering of, of people. Uh, and, and so, you know, in, in doing so, you have voluntarily assumed the risk of potentially contracting the virus right now. And especially if you're aware that the gathering is uh, contrary to the public health regulations. Right. That if, if you know you're you're having a party that's in excess of what is allowed for your region. Prepping for the show, I was reading this in my library today. Three million users installed twenty-eight malicious Chrome or Edge extensions. What? So I thought to myself, I should I should we be concerned? Who who would this be affecting in our listening audience? Here to talk about it, David Shipley, he's a cybersecurity expert and CEO of Bosaron Security. Welcome to the show. Good to have you on, David. I know. Uh, you've got a limited time with us. So who would this be affecting? So um, these were apps or extensions primarily affecting folks looking to download video from various social media platforms. So these are tools that describe themselves as downloader for Instagram or universal video downloader or um, unblocking tools. Um, so those were the uh, the apps. And so uh, there's about 28 of them in total, and they're they're for Chrome and Edge. And you know, it's important to note these are two very popular browsers, and extensions are normally a good thing. You can do things like block ads you don't want to see, et cetera. But these extensions could be bad news. Okay, and so this malware, uh, it doesn't go in and, and uh, act like most malwares do. What effect does it have on, on the computers that it's been downloaded to? So for the most part, it was used to redirect user traffic to ads or websites. Um, but it could have been used to um, send you to a phishing website to try and steal information, collect personal information like birth dates, email addresses, collect browsing history for blackmail purposes, or downloading further uh, malware. It had all of those capabilities, but mostly it was used for what we call click fraud. Right. So this could really affect people's family computers, those ones that everybody kind of uh, rallies around to watch the latest TikTok video. Somebody's decided to enable one of these extensions. They could be in real trouble. How do you find out if you've downloaded the malware? So uh, Caitlin Campano at ZDNet's done a great job uh, with the story listing the specific extensions that the Avast researchers found. Um, so there's a complete list um, available for both the Chrome and the Edge extensions. Both Microsoft and Google say they're actively investigating, but they have not uh, forcibly removed those extensions yet. So what does that mean when they say they're actively investigating? Are they... Uh, in a bit of a, a tailspin right now, and they're just buying themselves some time? Well, the reality is for both Google and Microsoft, this is not the first time nor the last that malicious browser extensions enter the foray. Um, and because they often rely on automated tools to allow these extensions in, because you know, keep in mind, they don't make money offering these um, extensions. These are just value adds. So they don't pour a lot of money into it. It takes some time to clean it up. Okay, so uh, basically, if people want to find out more about these, the, the list of Chrome extensions, are you recommending they go to Zed? 
Zednet. Zednet. Uh, yep, com, and the uh, the story is uh, published there by a, a great cybersecurity journalist by the name of Caitlin Campano. All right. Well, since I've had, I've got you know our 640 Toronto cybersecurity expert on the line. Anything uh, top of mind that's entertaining your attention right now beyond this story that we should be aware of while we've got you on the line? Well, I mean, the top of the radar, uh, 2020, of course, had to end with an apocalyptic note on cybersecurity and this breach of several U.S. government departments um, by a very popular IT monitoring tool called SolarWinds continues to unfold. I mean, it, it's used by 425 of the Fortune 500. Uh, the What I've been, been told is that the Russians had access to up to 18,000 companies around the world. They had so much hacking access, they had to triage who they wanted to target because uh, it was literally the buffet for them. And unfortunately for Canadians, uh, there's a Canadian angle to this because our Canadian pension uh, plan invested $315 million into uh, solar winds just four days before this uh, breach broke, uh, and uh, the stock has tanked 20% since then. Wow. So yeah. this could have uh, real ramifications for the average person that would have no idea, uh, you know, about or have nothing invested in this tech story. Oh, uh, yeah. There, there are so many government agencies and private sector companies uh, around the world. Like, this is a top-tier tool used by everybody. Um, and so there will be more breach fallout to come from this in the coming weeks and months. But this is the mother of all hacks, uh, as they would probably say in Russia, uh, laughing themselves all the way to the uh, to uh, the Kremlin because they've had it since March and they've had a field day. And the amount of stuff they've stolen is uh, unprecedented. And so how do we how do we become as a cybersecurity expert? How do we become aware of all the information that they've had? Do they, do they leave fingerprints? Do they leave some sort of uh, tech, technological evidence, digital evidence that they've taken this information, or is it guesswork? It's going to be guesswork. Uh, I mean, the I, I heard from a, a good friend who's a who's a forensic expert who does work all around the world that the tradecraft on this hack was exquisite. Um, they they just executed so well, and the time frame they had, like the the logs to track and see what kind of data go out the door, they may not even cover back when this actually started. So the forensics are a nightmare. The level of access is a nightmare. The cleanup that IT teams are going to have to do because you can't trust any of these devices anymore is epic. So I think for all of us looking at this, first of all, this came right after Trump, you know, the announcements come after Trump has gutted the uh, cybersecurity infrastructure agency in the United States, CISA. Um, So hopefully Biden starts rebuilding that team because they need them more than ever. And in Canada, silence is deafening. We have no idea uh, if and how bad this Russian hack affected our governments. And why do you mean, uh, why, why do you say that silence is deafening? Who should be talking about this? Who should be vocal? Well, I mean, first of all, the federal government should say, hey, did we, we use this stuff, we contained it, we dealt with it, and we have found signs the Russians were in or not. Uh, but no one's talking. All right. Interesting. David, as always, I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for, um, you know, bringing us up to speed on that story and, and also the one that I reached out for uh, your take on originally about the uh, 3 million users who've installed malicious uh, software to their Chrome or Edge or via Chrome or Edge extensions to their computer. I really appreciate it. You're always welcome. And in case we're not speaking before the holidays, Merry Christmas. Okay, well, listen, I'm working next week, so uh, hopefully we will be speaking. (laughs) 
probably <laughs> the way this year is going. Okay, good. I appreciate you being available for me. David Shipley, our cybersecurity expert and CEO of Boceron Security. If you don't already know this, the nightmare week is coming up for talk radio hosts. It's the week uh, before Christmas. That's why both Chris and Dave are uh, abandoning ship. They're like the rats. They're just, they're, they're diving off the ship. Dave's gone tomorrow, starting his Christmas vacation. Chris has gone Friday after Friday's show, starting the Christmas vacation. It'll just be me and the backup crew. So hopefully you'll be here with us. I think, well, if anything, the show will be incredibly unpredictable, which is always exciting from a listener point of view. All right. We're going to uh, do something I like to call Creston's Cuts, also known as Kelly. Put your feet up and let Chris do the work. Take it away. I'm always really interested in seeing how people film their kids. You know, people will find their kids doing something. And, you know, I've, I've talked to friends and family about, you know, the sort of protocol around that. What do you do with that? Do you want your kid growing up with a cell phone in their face? But a lot of the time you can tell kids have sort of grown up sort of performing a little bit. And they and the phone comes out and you can tell they start to really ham it up. And this kid, I'm not sure what point in sort of the lockdown year of 2020 this was film but this kid is seems to be taking the lockdown very seriously and i think it's his mom who's filling him filming him and says well, maybe we can go outside a little bit and enjoy some fresh air he's not having it because lockdown this weekend it's gonna be so nice like 60 65 like that we could sit outside on the porch no the lockdown a lockdown is when you sit inside not the outside do you know what a lockdown is when you said inside? We could sit outside on the porch. The lockdown is when you stay the inside, not outside. Do you, do you hear the news? Lockdown inside, not going out to parties in the casino. I was unaware that they had uh, video footage of a young Joe Pesci. <laughs> Seriously. That's hilarious. I know. This kid is like, honestly, if they're doing a prequel of Goodfellas, this is this is the kid. Or you know what? They they are doing a prequel of The Sopranos. Uh, many hire this kid. Of New Jersey. Yeah, yeah hire this Do kid. we have more? Please tell me there's more. That's it. No, that's it. Oh, that's geez. the kid. That's that's what I got. He's it's it's short and sweet, but he's. Uh, He's I don't know if there's anything sweet about that tooth. kid, except for that little <laughs> grovel in his voice, which just makes you, you could say whatever, and you just want to squeeze him tight. He's so adorable. Uh, but man, away with scary, scary. Wow. <laughs> Colorful language. Um, so are you going to tweet that out then? Because I'm really, I, I think I know what out. I'm doing during the uh, news break. At Creston Talks for the visual on that kid who I'm terrible at gauging ages. I asked my wife, how old is this kid? We are thinking like eight, but we have no idea. We don't have kids. Yeah, I put him at eight, too, with just the, the sound of his voice the and the words that he's using. The Those vocabulary. Are big words. <laughs> <laughs> That's a colorful vocabulary. You're not five. Hey, thanks for tuning into the podcast. If you have some time, you can join us live between nine and noon on 640 Toronto. Have a great day.